Hello and welcome to episode four of To The Studio. Today's guest is Daniel Pettit. Since graduating from the Royal College of Art in 2017, Dan has elaborated his painting within a register of elusive and speculative abstraction. Ingesting an eclectic mix of visual and cultural materials, such as lyrical abstraction, everyday signage, modernist poetry and post-conceptual art, Dan's work tracks fluctuations of index, fragment, metaphor, memory, semblance and mood, as they congeal and dissolve into provisional fields and partial images. Recent exhibitions have included Tin Decade at Roper Gallery in Bath, Dark Lantern at Gallery Sabine Kunst in Munich, Little Bouquet at 2-2 Gallery in Glasgow, and Heads Roll at Graves Gallery in Sheffield. I met Dan in his studio in East London just after his solo show had opened at Palfrey. And he recalls his vivid memories of some John Constable placemats, the advantages of slow cooking paintings, and the real troubling nature of titling work. It was great to catch up with Dan and I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do too. Here it is. Hey Dan. Hi Dave. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me over to this weird industrial estate. <laughs> it's not that weird, is it? <laughs> It's quite charming. <laughs> uh, yeah, what have you been up to today? Uh, kind of a bit hectic. Um, not really making anything more like digital admin would be the unglamorous <laughs> way of answering emails that I've put off. Um, following the news because things like that happening. <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, saw some friends from the Royal College earlier who popped by. And including yourself, is now here. So a semi-social day. Good, good. Because you've been super busy. Yeah, a busy month. <laughs> a busy, a busy, concentrated time of, of working. <laughs> um, so I guess we could start talking about because you've got two shows running alongside each other at the moment, right? Uh, three or well, one finishes. It finished 20 minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> so let's say there were three. There were three. <laughs> but there are two at the minute. Um, so yeah, maybe we could start just talking talking through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one that the one that shut today, the one that closed today. Yeah. Where, was that in... That's in Bath. Bath. Yeah. That, there was that tin rainbow. Tin decade. Tin decade. <laughs> there, were, there was a rainbow on the poster, yeah. No, the, the one in London has a rainbow on the poster. Yeah, th- that's right. Bath yeah, sorry. is called Tin Decade. Mm-hmm. As that uh, original conversation around that began last year, and that would have been a kind of ten years since I finished my BA in Bath, so it's a slight kind of uh, laugh to that anniversary. As <laughs> your tenth wedding anniversary gift should be tin or some nonsense like that. So, and it sounds like a bit like a David Bowie album. <laughs> so I thought it could be a kind of funny, funny show title. Uh, and what was, how did you go, how did you deal with all those shows coming up at the same time? Um, did you have a specific work in mind for each or? I think with uh, Bath, I always knew it might be uh, like a, a long, a wider section of work. So 
it's got works from you know made a month ago to things made four years ago so things from the royal college mm. that hadn't been shown that i wanted to show um so i always knew there'd be a, a bigger breadth of work to have available uh the other show that then opened after that was a group show in munich that needed one piece and there was a bit of a brief for that very very kind of dark <laughs> but <laughs> could be dark subject matter or actual dark in its making it's called dark lantern <laughs> mm. their show so i mean something out of lead which was uncharacteristic but um quite enjoyable uh and then the show in london uh that's all new work again maybe a couple of them made with that show in mind mm. uh but again more or less what was what was currently in the studio and that was finished and you know, to do that inevitable thing where you take more than you plan, or yeah. I do anyway, and edit down <laughs> from that. Like, I don't think I could plan a show rigidly and rigorously. I need a bit of ebb, ebb and flow. <laughs> um, is that answering your question? <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew I had enough work to, to spread around. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the case of editing, I mm. think, is the main thing, and doing that well and getting opinions from people you trust, uh, maybe people you don't, just to sound things out. Mm. Uh, which kind of confirm things in your own head. Um, but Bath was nice. It was a bit, a bit like, as I said, it's been ten, ten, well, a bit more than ten years mm. since I finished. It was a bit like a kind of homecoming you know, to show again, <laughs> yeah. to show again. And it kind of came through some friends who studied at school. So it's like a nice continuity. Mm. It was really nice actually to go back. Did you? So did you say you you studied you studied so in Bath? Undergraduate was in Bath, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bath School of Art and Design. Uh, finished in 2008 mm. uh, and yeah then kind of quite a big gap until the Royal College 2015 I started mm. yeah yeah how was because you grew up in Brighton right yeah yeah um, how was that <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're from somewhere and maybe you'd agree or not like you can't really see you don't see it the way other people do. Yeah. So pe people seem to love Brighton, but it feels like Camden by the sea to me, like a bit, <laughs> a bit busy. But there are nice bits. Mm. I think going back now, I don't live there. I recognise the bits I hadn't noticed. Um, and I probably was quite fortunate to be there because it's got museums. It's, got, it's close to lots of other things on the coast. It's very near to London. Not that should mean anything, but it kind of does. Like yeah. Southeast England is all kind of London. And yeah. And happens to be. Yeah, by the sea. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, uh, the university. Um, of course, yeah. on on its like on its painting course, that was one of the major things it said. Like, we are near London. It's all oh, right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. You can go there on the train. It's it, it's fine. Come uh, here because you can go there. <laughs> <laughs> Never known a university to pitch yeah. <laughs> pitch their proximity <laughs> at quite a distance to the capital. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when um, yeah, growing up in Brighton, I guess it's it's such a in quite a small yeah quite a small place there's a lot going on all the time um and i'm not sure how it was back then with the arts but is there anything was there, yeah can you remember anything that happened that might have kick-started your kind of interest in painting there or can you remember how that all started i think i was always into into making things like well you know people always say that don't as a kid mm. but it's kind of true mm. um as i'm you know i was fairly quiet child and it's just another way to be noisy i think without being loud <laughs> i've only just thought of that um <laughs> and another memory that had come back recently that sounds funny was we used to have you know table mats place mats you know yeah. and this set was john constable paintings <laughs> um 
with a kind of peach border and then the famous like six footers so the Haywain and mm. Salisbury Cathedral so I have a kind of strange recollection of seeing that recognising it as a flat image as a painting but on this strange functional thing mm. and the underside of these placements were cork uh, which then became kind of cutting mats <laughs> so kind of balsa wood aeroplanes and things yeah. it was a bit older so it was always a kind of duality of a painting but not but then a surface to work on so it's like a funny residual mm. thing of I don't, don't think that made me want to paint, but it's like I was exposed unintentionally very yeah. early to things that I still look at now. So it's kind of mm. funny 30 plus year continuity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I need to buy those placemats too. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally look on eBay and the whole set comes up like, can I justify it? <laughs> Maybe if I was someone else, I'd make work from it, but I might have, I might have to indulge. Um, but to fast forward, I did my foundation in Brighton, which mm. I think was really important like you know less than a year but kind of thrown together with people you don't know you're kind of 17 18 you know so quick fire thing isn't you're doing mm. a bit of sculpture a bit of this a bit of that then you choose a pathway really encouraging tutors which i think makes a big difference like yeah. the people you're with and the people that push you um so perhaps as a more kind of formative direction that i think the foundation was quite essential really like in galvanizing i'm definitely going to go to art school you know come what may <laughs> maybe not a guaranteed career choice or success career um yeah can you remember what you were making on foundation yeah i think it's still something rusting in mum and dad's garden <laughs> um, i remember like making like a strange sculpture of all the scrappy bits of metal like spot welded together but that was from perhaps that that whatever when you whenever you do metal work mm. um but i made photography that was it that was it my final final show was like three photographs oh really um the friend john and some of his friends we went i don't know how i read about it or um is there an artwork near bristol that someone's put loads of uh, fluorescent tubes under pylons <laughs> and certain pylons generate enough electricity to illuminate them oh, okay so john and his friends had a card to say oh let's go into sussex countryside and find the right pylon and it worked like so you took lots of fluorescent tubes <laughs> to like a field in midnight somewhere and yeah. it became lightsabers <laughs> and one field was full of cows and I don't know how we didn't get stamped with the because I just remember hearing like in the background um, but it just became three pictures from that event and then I gave there were three so it was John and two of his friends and I gave each of them a picture so I don't have the word <laughs> you know but it was quite a nice like a conclusion of something yeah. Like, like yeah and there was colour and there was thought you know there were things that were unconsciously painterly um, but I think I think I had always painted but I'd probably avoided committing to it yeah. which I think carried on into the BA as well <laughs> I think, in a way of like keeping painting at a, a distance mm. probably for fear fear well, fear and excitement I don't know yeah you know um yeah, so this, the decision, obviously, the decision came to go to Bath. Was there a reason? Was there a reason do you wanted to, to to study there in particular? Sh should I be honest or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brutally honest. Uh, I didn't go to the open day, uh, but a fr another friend of our foundation did, and she came back with a kind of prospectus leaflet, and she just said, "Oh, it's really beautiful. You like old buildings. You get to live and work here." And it was a picture of at the time they occupied a kind of whole. Uh, Georgian Crescent and I was like okay <laughs> obviously did the inevitable online research and you know it, has, it did have close connections to London in terms of tutors Yeah. so you ha I think it benefited from half the stuff were kind of old school dressed in black type kind of London mm. people who still taught at schools in London Goldsmiths or Chelsea 
and people who've been in Bath a bit longer. So it wasn't, we didn't feel cut off. Maybe it sounds a bit arrogant back to the thing about Brighton being to yeah, London. Yeah. But they didn't pitch it like that, mm. but I think the diversity of staff was a draw factor. The location was a draw factor. Yeah. Um, yeah, and someone else's recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> that, it, that it looked nice. And was that, was it a broad, broad fine art degree? It was fine art. So mm. again, there were, there were kind of loose pathways, like moving image or maybe it's called something else then. Yeah. Sculpture, but it was a all round fine art BA and then you could just focus. Maybe they prioritise studio space come your second year, depending on what you were making, but it was very broad, really. Mm. Do you remember when you started painting? Or what made it, what? Yeah, what happened? I think what happened? <laughs> I, I think there was always like dabbling in painting, but I, th- I don't know, again, if it's true for you or other people, it almost felt I'd done this thing at foundation that I could have gone down a photography route, but almost like started afresh in Bath because it is somewhere brand new. It's yeah. the first time you're away living with other people. Like it's kind of, oh, I need to reinvent myself now. Mm. And obviously the inevit- inevitable temptation of Bath is all the landscape, <laughs> the kind of funny history um, of landscape painting. I feel like I remember going to the Oxfam bookshop and buying lots of music books. I don't know, this strange like <laughs> leather cover books for 99p that I thought I'd put leaves in. Or <laughs> Honestly, it's all coming back in my mind. <laughs> um, but maybe that was just a continuation of, of different flashpoints from the foundation. Like, mm. I'm not painting, but colour is somehow wheedling away or, or burrowing in mm. to a better expression. Uh but painting probably took off more in the third year as kind of outright things on their own. Yeah. Still with some photography, come to think of it. So it might have been a, a kind of proposition like a bit theatrical, a bit staged set. Kind of it's about that time provisional painting had its moment and Richard Aldrich, who's still around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember reading a kind of art forum review on him mm-hmm. in 2007 or eight, kind of, oh, yeah, you can make can make very convincing things very quickly but you can also be a musician or you can also mm. be a poet or you know this yeah. kind of new york flavory thing but this thing that this soup that enabled you to to be a painter but you weren't that wasn't just what you did yeah not that i was attracted i couldn't i can't play music or anything but i probably ent- liked entertaining ideas like, oh, i could do lots of other things but i just find myself coming back to this thing mm. i did a lot of printmaking too which again i think that's about line that's about color i mean a pressure literally and like how much you're you know, rolling it through or again or screen print kind of hard edge again saying that it does feel like these things feed into the paintings now or yeah did then but so i think in a very long way i've gotten to painting by kind of casting my neck quite wide <laughs> and exhausting other things <laughs> yeah. and moving on from it <laughs> um so did you what happened after bath so you left bath that was 2008 mm. and then not that anyone, not that it really affects you as a young person coming out of university, but I guess like the financial crisis and everything that yeah. seemed like nothing was as easy as it was before. Um, went back home to Brighton, applied for lots of jobs I wasn't qualified for, optimistically. <laughs> um, it was quite difficult, actually. I think, I think I applied to kind of every London gallery for an internship or some kind mm-hmm. of, you know, that kind of embarrassing thing that you, I'm being honest, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, very few people got back, even just a polite, polite note. It's kind of funny how much effort you put into something. And obviously, you know, there's a thousand other people yeah, definitely. after you. Uh, but a few got back in touch. Um, and again, London, easy, easy reach to Brighton. Like it was again, again, it's, it's a shame just to come back to that. But yeah. It, there wasn't really anything in Brighton mm. 
to apply for and it's like okay I like the arts I know about London that's a logical place to, to go to work if that's not a stepping stone to then living there working there for myself mm-hmm. um, uh, and then what happened uh, yeah I was like interning at Alison Jake's gallery for a bit and that kind of led on to paid tech work and meeting some of the artists through that and through one of them Ryan Mosley who was at Royal College uh, quite, quite a few years before me put me in touch with a friend of his in Brighton who had a studio building or I mean she was like looking after some studios above a jewellery shop <laughs> near Brighton Station um, and she's like yeah we've got space come along so up until that point I'd kind of been in mum and dad's loft but it didn't quite yeah I was going to ask yeah how, are you, yeah, how, how are you making it just work. didn't feel it just you can't you know can't quite relax you can't quite get messy it's just all a mm. bit too too conscious which I think I, I need, always need a separate space to make mm-hmm. things even if they're not messy um, so getting a studio is quite important I think kind of having so there's a connection to London there's a studio that happens to be in Brighton that's kind of the beginnings of of working and then getting to know people and but more, most importantly I guess making my own work really and mm. that was painting uh, in Brighton yeah and then obviously the, the decision came to want to study again um, was, that was I mean I guess that, that was always on like knowing okay like I can do That's this and, this, and then that'll be the thing but yeah. that, I knew I need, wanted to wait for a while um, what do you think that waiting gave you? well I mean I was just thinking in that time I I, I um, got a, I uh, moved became like a freelance tech at the Listen Gallery yeah. um, which, which you know opens up to more people um, and did the, um, I worked in the archive there I looked after books and I mean I was there for five or six years mm-hmm. before going through Royal College and that kind of ended at a full time job looking after all the the image archive so digital images shows historical things things for books so it's kind of it, it was a position that enabled you to be in touch with a lot of artists obviously officially through the gallery but again meeting lots of people you know most people who work in galleries have gone to art school yeah. they've either gone down a kind of art history route or they're actually practicing artists so it's kind of you you meet another peer group again albeit a slight remove because you're at work <laughs> yeah. but you're still in the mix it's yeah. again you know it's still a job and it's tiring but you're kind of fortunate to to you know see a book before it's come out to the press mm. you can witness artist talks you can go to the studios like there's a kind of there were lots of fringe benefits for want of a better word <laughs> um, and then uh, but I still didn't have a studio in London I hadn't moved to London initially and then an old tutor had space in his studio in London that was an impetus to then move to London so it all happened quite quickly and then a few more years to listen and then it's a bit like okay I can actually have enough money have enough time I don't mm. want a full time job forever like it's the right time to go back basically and to to, 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 to do an MA yeah um what did you think the yeah, well, yeah why did you want to apply to for like for a masters and was it the Royal College in particular that you were interested in I think yeah, a year or two before applying to Royal College I applied to Royal Academy once um, was unsuccessful interview and then left it a year or two and then applied to Royal College the RA and Goldsmiths um, and then had interviews for all three um, but I'd known people that had gone to the Royal College so I'd had been able to come yeah. in as years had gone by um and it felt like the right place, I think, you know, through, I think having that exposure helped being able to actually get a feeling for what everyday life was like. Um, and again, the people, I think like the the other students on the honor course do make it, I think, 
not because you're setting out to make friends or yeah. anything, but that's like a natural thing. You are again mm. with like-minded people, you're in quite a kind of confined space in a confined amount of time. Mm. Um, and the Royal College felt like the right one really. Yeah. I mean, I could be honest and say, I didn't get into RA, I did get into Goldsmiths, <laughs> but they didn't seem interested in painting. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not go into that. <laughs> no, but, but for the truth, it, it did feel like the, the Royal, uh, Royal College felt the, mm. the right kind of, the right time, the right place, the right mix of people to go to yeah um and was it because was there was there like something specific in the work that you wanted to investigate or was it more that you wanted that maybe um kind of kind of i don't know focused time i guess on on the work and um as a whole i mean definitely the the appeal of having more time you know like obviously you have to work to to get by but almost having every other day or a lot of time to just be making work. And there's, you know, a dozen people within your mm. sightline who you could talk to yeah. on top of structured, you know, mid-career artists, educational things. Mm. That was definitely appealing. Um, I've been, I've been making paintings more consistently for a few years before and showing, but I knew, you know, it needed to, the work needed to be shaken up. And I think of any MA, like wherever I would have gone, my expectation was the same to kind of unpick the work you know, break it, stretch it apart, and then in theory put it back together, but maybe with a bit more glue or a bit more, a bit more stuff, to at least enable me to then keep making it. I don't know if that if that sustains you for your life, or the next ten years you then feel the obligation to do something else or mm. study again. But, but I think that was the main impetus for going to Royal College was to to really pick the work apart mm. and push it back together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe that's only happening now. But well, yeah, yeah, possibly. But it's funny because I. <laughs> I think, yeah, and what you just said about putting things apart and reassembling and then putting them back together, it has parallels with how I've seen you use your studio and I've seen, well, and we're in obviously in your studio now and there's obviously remnants of, of yeah, what I perceive to be that kind of process of things surfacing and resurfacing and, yeah, um, and yeah has that been, was that a process? Well, maybe you talk about, yeah, first, yeah, the, or how you might go around or go about making or assembling a painting I mean as, as you said that it almost reminded me that, that it did remind me I began the Royal College in a similar way to Bath of kind of not but maybe not entirely rejecting what I'd done before but like yeah. okay it's a fresh a fresh start um, but thing, things definitely resurface so kind of motifs or forms or colours or things I'm unconsciously drawn to that mm. are still in the mix um, but for me I couldn't the making either happens very slowly or very quickly so the actual execution is often very very quick the application of the paint but the actual gestation um could be years and yeah. you know, some of the things in the shows we touched upon have been kicking around for years yeah but then it was just a kind of final last rush of color or form that like completed it so mm. i i get a bit frustrated that i can't be consistent in my output but i know i need to make i need kind of detritus around me like you know the desk over there is kind of piled high with bits of paper and <laughs> that's not dissimilar from the Royal College there are mm. always bits of paper yeah. that were and are stencils like bigger stencils that go onto a canvas and then that almost kind of makes an arsenal of material that are different colour choices different touch you know if it's palette knife if it's, it's paintbrush mm. um, 
other generative things so i'm kind of always feel like i'm on the cusp of i could make a hundred collages in one go yeah but i'd rather make two or three and have one good painting or but then i might feel differently tomorrow mm. so there's always this kind of not wanting to maybe it's not wanting to give myself too much rope to hang myself with <laughs> by have by being too proficient at one thing mm. that sounds a bit arrogant but it's like uh, i couldn't knock out 10 of the same thing at once but mm. then when i see all my work together in a show I do recognize things across time yeah. or scale or even medium. They are like handwriting. They are mine. So I think there's some kind of, you know, a friend always talks about recognizing your work as being yours. Yeah, it's your own. Like, I think that's quite important. Like mm. you get all the references and people you look at and what you're reading and listening to, but recognizing something as yours, I think it's quite a kind of mature thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, that definitely takes time. Um, yeah especially as time goes on there's more to wade through and there's more to look back up, back upon and there's more history to deal with um and yeah especially as a student starting on a master's and you feel like oh this is this is a big opportunity to then kind of be put in that melting pot with all these other artists and and and, and people that you yeah that you some that you admire some that you don't get on with or whatever um, yeah, it's it, it's a melting pot of all those ideas, and it's all of that as well that you have to that you have to deal with, and to then come out of that, or yeah, come out of that maybe with something that you kind of visualise as, as as yours is um yeah, it's a tough, it's a yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I think college it's good good for that kind of mix mix of people, but you are people of different ages people some people have galleries some people mm. seem like they've never painted in all honesty on painting you know people have come from every different direction and you kind of have to situate yourself or what, what is your position mm. or you're not not playing a game but like you recognize the difference if that's cultural if that's age if that's, if yeah, that's right, what you yeah. make um i think you know obviously you benefit from doing a, a master's being with some life experience because you and you've been making work before if that's with people or in isolation, you're thrown into this blender yeah. very quickly, then you come out and, you know, if you can't keep making, it's probably not for you. Mm. But always knowing, you know, knowing that I've made before and I was going to make after, it's like, I know, yeah. I know I'm going to carry on. This is not the end. Yeah, right. You know, so, you know, degree shows one or two or three, four paintings from two years worth of stuff. Mm. So there's that kind of, with any show, that anxiety to, to display what you can do. But, you don't you don't want to cram it all in like there's there's got to be a selection and editing um i may say that because that's probably how i make work in private in here that there could be several things happening at once uh contenders um but maybe one will rise to the top yeah. and the others will be, become stencils they'll become dispersed mm. or they'll they'll live for a year in their kind of half-life mm. and then they'll be the right size the right day so yeah it's kind of you know emotive yeah in the making <laughs> yeah 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 again not consciously <laughs> mm. um when yeah when things are, arise in the work um that you see as something or that you see as an opportunity or that you see as something that's exciting for you are they is that always does it always come at you in a particular way or or not I mean, again, it varies. I, I don't, I like, if I make something very quickly, I, I don't then want to dwell on it. Mm -hmm. I need to walk away from it or come back. I, I don't want to be like, oh, that's the best touch I've ever done, the best <laughs> yeah. cut. Because the next day it's terrible. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of repetition, I think, which I 
of form or some compositional thing that I mm. enjoy because maybe it's a kind of an autistic thing or a dyslexic thing or some like a reinforcement of the same idea but put through a different mill, a different churning mm. sequence. So I couldn't make the same picture painting again, but I like the idea of kind of the same things repeat mm. in different permutations or they're like echoes across time. Um, again, seeing sh the show in Bath, it's funny how things from four years ago are not dissimilar to mm. things from, from at the minute. There's things in here that look a bit like it. And that doesn't bother me. Mm. Um, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, it's a kind of... I know, I'm not answering your question. But no, no. I, I, mean, it was, I think the inevitable thing is like the, the process for me is things just rise to the top. Yeah. And then they get chopped off or they get they get raised up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe my question was a bit too direct. Um, in terms of, um, well, the forms and things that arise in the work, uh, how do you... How, yeah, how do you gather your material for that? I think I mean it's always been there. Is I don't, I couldn't work from a straight kind of photograph or an image. I think I like things that have had a kind of life, mm -hmm. kind of um, second order, or that they've 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 already been interpreted. So there's already maybe it's an illustration of something, or it's another artist's work, but not too overtly. But things that are already deviate from perhaps a shared consensus yeah. so if it's a photograph of, of, a, of an iPhone or well for, no, if it's a photograph of something that yeah. we can all agree on but yeah. but it but it's been reinterpreted um, but I kind of look at these as very loose kind of skeletal forms or armatures maybe like oh that looks like an axe head maybe it was but I'm not really I don't really care about this being a narrative mm. um, it's hard, I mean, it's quite a difficult question to answer because yeah. it's like you know it's like what your paintings about or oh what, yeah yeah no no yeah. but it but it's it's like that, and I'm not saying that's what you asked but it's mm. like is that or like where the colours come from or what's the composition like mm. they're all spinning in my head when I make it they spin mm. in my head afterwards mm. it kind of reaches a harmony that sits to make oh okay it's finished yeah it can go in the world out in the world um, but I think I, I like peppering enough information that's I mean people have described things in the London show as being you know. They're semi-figurative, but they're recessive. But then they're but then they're handled in an abstract way. So it's a mm. kind of is quite intriguing getting different people, not all of them artists, but people who make very different things yeah. and have a specific way of of knowing their own technique. Kind of being confronted by something I've made, yeah. half also not knowing how I've made it, yeah. to then kind of analyse it. So I think you know, there's always a bit of mystery, a bit of fog, maybe mm. in in the work. Yeah. Definitely, um, which was maybe that was a foggy answer, but <laughs> <laughs> foggy answer, foggy answer. It's the truth. <laughs> um, or maybe we could talk about, in terms of the titling of the paintings. There's, um, yeah, a, a continuity in the crop crop rotation. Crop rotations, yeah. Which, or oh, for me anyway, there's a there's a nod to kind of the agriculture side of things, but there's also a like a crop rotate kind of digital world that it kind of nods to as well um yeah maybe you could talk about yeah that particular titling of yeah of, of painting i mean i always find titling quite difficult as trying to write uh write an email the other day to someone who who commented on one of the shows 
who said, you know, I just looked at the work and didn't look at the titles. I didn't want the signs the titles mm. are giving me. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, titles are kind of the embarrassing. Yes, I yeah. do. Want, I do want two pints. I don't know. Yeah. But, it, but it's almost like it's either too much information or not enough. Yeah. Like I find untitled kind of inadequate. Mm. Not that I haven't titled things that myself. Um, the crop rotations, of which are about thirty-five or forty, now a kind of a series that yeah did begin at the Royal College. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, there's a kind of you know agri- agricultural thing of rotating the actual thing of yeah. rotating yeah. your crop. You change it. You leave something fallow. I quite like that. Within a painting, certain things remain fallow, certain things mm. come back. Um, it's a kind of philosophical attitude as well, um, which escapes me at this exact moment that we're no, speaking. No, no. It's incredibly <laughs> embarrassing, so you have to edit it out. <laughs> um, put, put a footnote. Um, um, but that idea of, of a kind of, it's not, it's not fixed, or something, you know, something will perish, something will change. Mm you know, kind of topographical thing in a way, like the paintings are almost, again, saying that it kind of clarifies some things for me, like the paintings, the viewpoint is either kind of frontal or bird's eye, or there's a different kind of yeah. a way of looking that to me, I, they don't all feel flat, but then they are all very flat, but then there could be a kind of up, downside, oblique quality and that you look at pictures of fields, they kind of are like, it's probably yeah. an unconscious thing of segregation, hedgerows, no, I guess you can't escape some landscape comparison as a British painter, but, mm. but it's, you know, I guess that that kind of titling sequence is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek acknowledgement to that too. Yeah. Um, also, it's probably kind of homage to, to art and language paintings, then series, series of works called like hostage paintings, mm-hmm. um, and more recent ones called Sea Ghosts, that I think is hostage. It's like a anagram of hostage. Mm. But that idea of, you know, you're making not necessarily things that look similar, but they're kind of bracketed in the same field. Um, but not to say I haven't called, you know, I've, I've deviated from titles, you know, the crop rotation, not every single painting is a crop rotation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. also something to come back to. Mm. But that is also potentially confusing if people wanted, you want to kind of read a continuity. Yeah. Or, well, that one's not a crop rotation, but it, it's the same handling. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, titles, it would be nice if it's just about the work. <laughs> I, I find often artist to artist titles are kind of the last thing you talk about. You you mm. admit it. Yeah. So it's yeah, for sure. It's a bit like it's not the be all and the end all. Mm. Like, you know, some people go into a show, it's like, how big is it? Or what's it painted? Or what's it called? Mm. And then what, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, certain American painters who judge their work by size <laughs> first and come down from that, like, okay, what are you comparing? But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so there isn't, there isn't necessarily um, a reasoning for a painting becoming, a crop rotation, a painting becoming yeah, a, another title. No, I suppose not. I, I, I like the idea of, a, a, if only for my, you know, la- lack of neatness in how they're made and how I go about thinking that they're pinned together they're pinned under a certain umbrella Mm. and if that is a series um i don't mind that but again i I think you know if if i I got all my titles tomorrow i don't think i'd really i wouldn't feel a loss (laughs) it has some kind of painting amnesia (laughs) yeah i can't remember what they were called (laughs) i think i'd happily wave them away Mm. (laughs) (laughs) talking of pinning there's we've got this or to our left there's like a, a totem of to your left. pinned yeah stencils kind of looks like a cut work, out. It? yeah is it um, 
It could be. Uh, I think that's something I did out, like all good things, out of necessity in the previous studio in Hoxton. Um, had some sheets of board and, and some lengths of wood, and it, and it but the walls were brick, so I couldn't pin anything up, so it became, <laughs> oh, here, here's something soft to pin something to. Mm. Um, but it is it's essentially how I work. There is an overlay, there's a repetition, there's mm. a kind of, you know, you can, things penetrate, things you can see, same color shift, the same touch, things yeah. that come from different periods as well. Um, I mean, they do have the potential to be work, but I don't know if you'd have to just be, you'd have to make quite a bold move and just have, this is a show of this kind of work. Yeah, for sure. Which again, I'm suspicious of, I couldn't bolster up. Uh, a show with uh, here's some paintings here's something on the floor here's something else um, yeah it's, it's funny like incidental things probably hold as much knowledge and decision as something very laboured mm. and often it's the same you know with colour or touch you might have a certain certain application in mind for a certain painting but it'll often be the kind of dirty canvas to the side yeah. that'll clean my brush and or, or empty the things on that is much more exciting mm-hmm. the next week mm. and they all kind of, all the paintings need to go, often go through that attention and neglect it's kind of a push and pull thing. yeah so yeah things pinned up together I've done it where I've pinned them on the wall too and it's mm. kind of funny that people again from kind of different walks of creativity have come in and kind of been really drawn to the things on the wall like oh yeah. that, that's just that's just out of convenience mm. but I did that at uh, the Royal College too and I again think only saying it reminds me people commented on them yeah which makes me very suspicious of pursuing something when people approve it yeah <laughs> um it's the same as someone coming in like you have now and you seeing things that are not finished yeah and you could easily say they're all finished and that would be a compliment but also massively derail <laughs> derail me so it's that difficulty of when how much cooking does something need and then mm. when do you show people mm. um and it's about space too again seeing you know even clearing one wall in this room and standing way back you can't really get a feel for mm. a painting on its own it needs to be sadly in a kind of white box or a, yeah. a an open space to actually appreciate it and that's what's happened in these shows i've been able for the first time to really look at things that are brand new and things that are also quite old mm. um, and see that they are you know that is a painting yeah i'll, st- I'll stand by <laughs> that and i'll continue to stand by it there's a reason i made that i see it again <laughs> did it, did anything surprise you or anything that was highlighted to you when you saw all of the paintings together uh specifically with bath or london either either of them really um yeah you mentioned that it's not until you you know you see these paintings in a room that yeah. you kind of well, realize certain things about the work i just wondered but i mean you you've seen the london show so maybe that's better to kind yeah, of sure. to touch on that um I mean, what one of them was made was made partly with a view to the space in which they're shown. It's like a kind of slightly domestic scale. So oh, the very the very large painting yeah. fits just just, just yeah. brushes the concrete floor and touches the kind of very wibbly ceiling. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, and oddly, the space of the gallery is probably almost the same square footage as the room we're in. If this room were empty, yeah. Um, so maybe that was an unconscious nod to making something. Uh, having a difficulty viewing it because this is a very big painting, but it's not got them. It's not got been given the most generous amount of room to stand back. Nevertheless, you can still see it. Mm. Um, so maybe that was a kind of different tangent of presentation. Other things um, were made not not with the expectation they'd be shown together or shown in that space. Yeah. Um, but it is like seeing something new again. Mm. Like the thing that excites you in the making because you're often right up 
in in the front of what you're making and where you can stand back without treading on a tea bag or falling over or knocking over a paint pot like the kind of annoying things that happen in here um yeah i mean each time i've been back to the, to the gallery it feels like this looks like a show this looks like my work I stand by it. It's yeah, kind of funny, like very yeah. like basic motivational thing, but <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> but you know, I recognise I made it. Mm. It was funny after the show. Different people have commented. It seems to be like people were drawn. I think how many paintings are there? One, two, three, five. Five works in that show. What? There are five works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and often yeah. people commented on one or two, but often the same one or two. So people had almost made pairs in their mind. Oh, that mm. touch of that looks like that. And then mm. oh, I really love the red one. It's kind of funny how. So I enjoy the kind of divisive quality of it. Again, not, mm. not as a calculated yeah. thing, but like I recognise the difference in them because they're made at different times or with different things in mind to some extent or di even different paint, you know, oil. There's oil in there, there's acrylic, there's encaustic. Mm. There's essentially drawing really on a canvas like chalk and crayon. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's, it's as much painting and drawing as you can get in a painting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I quite like that, that it's kind of split opinion, you know, it wasn't oh you made five of the same looking thing mm. really well done would really like I don't know I'd hang up hang up my shoes <laughs> my painting <laughs> shoes <laughs> call it a day yeah so I was going to ask you how you yeah how you deal with yeah when you have a show and all these opinions could come your way um, yeah if you're open to them and how you how you deal with what I imagine to be quite a vast range of yeah of insights or not necessarily insights but more opinions yeah I suppose I mean half the people that come to a show are probably people that have seen things in progress when your your friends you're, you know they've come to the studio or mm. so it's not a complete like reveal um, but I think coming back to, to what you said asked before it's a bit like the work's been given us space to, to stand on its own two legs and be a show so and often when I've shown a painting I'm kind of done with it in the best sense like, yeah. <laughs> I stand by it here mm. it is Mm. I could wrap it up and never see it again. I could sell it. I could I could destroy it in theory. I think there's a kind of mental barrier that I need to get past once something's been shown. It's not about validation, or it is for me, my mm. own validation, that that's there, held its own. I stand by it. I don't mind if people hate it, if they love it. Mm. Um, it it's done its job. Yeah. It might continue to do its job forever. It might have only done its job once, mm. which makes me think of something I'm looking up on the shelf, this kind of... You see this blue and yeah. brown. That was in a, a museum show in Sheffield. And that was kind of made um, slightly with not enough time and with a view to putting it into a very specific show. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a reason it's rolled up. Because it's kind of, <laughs> it, lo it looked fine, but but I I went to that show when it was up and there were, were people walking around with a list of works. Um, and uh, the show was called Heads Roll. It was basically about portraits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At which uh, a large feather could be a portrait, of course. <laughs> um, but but I remember recall these people looking at the list and looking, you know, oh, okay, that's number three. Well, I don't know what it is or why it's here, but we're, it's, it's here to make us think, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I guess that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not confident enough to have tapped them on the shoulder or, or had a funny conversation about it, but mm. um, I wasn't bothered. I mean, it's, I think it's fair enough. I think with anything, music, but whatever you make yeah. and you stand by it and you make the effort to put it out there, you should take every kind of, everything that comes at it. Mm. And if you capitulate, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Um, there's obviously definitely grains of truth in any criticism, but it's like, again, recognising that. Mm. Um, 
and it's the same with a, with a painting show I think like even your good best friends might have nothing to say to you about it but mm. it's like a, a blip in time mm. or it says more about them than it does about you it's you know <laughs> not, not that any of that's happened but yeah. <laughs> making a scenario that someone will then ask about um, but yeah and I think shows are definitely like a hurdle to to do and the work is kind of yeah is ratified just in, in for me yeah um, how are you well you you may answer this quite easily um, <laughs> how do you find that the time after a show um, so all the works kind of leave the studio um, and you, yeah and you're back in here how do you then is do you then hit the ground kind of running do you feel like the the momentum hasn't really stopped or I probably would hit the ground running if there was ground to, to a hit <laughs> but there's obviously enough stuff left over that didn't make the show yeah um nothing i feel optimistic after a show i think so not that i'd then come in and repeat or couldn't remake something that's Mm. in the show but i having had time to dwell on it look at it recognize you know that that's a good painting for these reasons for me um yeah i feel a bit more empowered to kind of make make more choices more quickly maybe Mm. but often that that will fizzle out not through a kind of lack of confidence but just the natural thing of needing several things at once and then you're obviously diverted by other aspects of life it's not like if I had every day in here for a month mm. after a show you'd probably get another show's worth of work yeah. coming out so I think the stop start thing is a kind of inevitable reality um, and as I said either work very slowly or very quickly and it's often it is a marriage of the two so you know these things here that have kind of ground, color grounds on them mm. will probably have a one sitting something happen on top um, at the minute they have to kick around here is these slightly awkward things that you know I don't want to look at you but I can't really put you anywhere <laughs> because nowhere to put you <laughs> so it's more like dreading the work coming back from a show <laughs> for a practicality of space yeah, um, yeah Matt, you know this has got there are two shows worth of things not here minus one thing in Munich that's going to double up the, mm. the storage there will double up but you just have to you know, roll it up cut it up you know that's another reality of making things I yeah. think because you're making things that don't serve a functional purpose and unless you're selling every, everything out of the studio you're going, it's going to come back yeah right um, I think yeah facing up to that it's not precious it's doing a job it's for a show you can roll it up if you want to keep it mm. but you know those are valuable stretches you kind of need yeah. to use them again yeah, right. they are valuable in their yeah. use like, you know so when the work comes back um, are you you talked about maybe recycling the work how is, is do you recycle the the canvases or is it just the is it just the stretches that you recycle or probably the stretches to start with but I'll often I'll often keep the canvas and then eventually they cut it up to kind of extract certain bits that then mm. become more material that become collage yeah. uh, fodder or I'll think of using the kind of canvas as a stencil for something completely different image mm. but um, again it definitely takes a while there's things I found from like before the Royal College that they're not good but it's like mm, I need to look at that yeah there might be so, something in it mm. but then that said very gradually you know a razor blade will find its way and I'll destroy it yeah. it's like it, <laughs> it can't exist I'll put it into two different bin bags I'll put it into two different bins it won't resurface but that's a very slow thing for me. Mm. So stretches at first to just get get something back to stretch up and, and yeah. get on with, mm. and then a bit more gestation with kind of the rolled up works. 
there's so much material around on the floor. It, it seems like... And I've tidied up as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's exciting. Um, and I don't really know where to start with... with oh, you can pick things out if we want a kind of visual, uh, yeah, well, audio tour of the room. Yeah, so there's this cork kind of starred emblem on yeah. the floor. Was that... Because was, you made an iron... You said you made an ironwork. Lead that, work, yeah. Yeah, lead work. Uh, that, that was a contender that didn't that didn't go to Munich but they're I mean at the minute there are only two lead pieces but they're kind of lead over cork mm. which the compositions are loosely based on pre-existing paintings okay. it's a bit like doing what paintings I said with yours do, but, that are pre-existing yeah, yeah it's a bit like paintings have kind of emerged from collages and drawings so the lead works are somewhere kind of freak in between where they've come off the painting so mm. scale and composition have kind of been defined previously and then okay I'll make a kind of funny emblem it's a bit you know a bit like a heraldic shield kind of like a homogenous surface um i'm not describing it well because the lead is quite new for me yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it has potential i think a mm. different kind you know it's not painting but it's a painterly intention yeah not so I couldn't paint on the lead you know it's kind of it's only as you say it you begin to think of different avenues to go down mm. but i couldn't i'm not just going to make one kind of work i need kind of a lead thing over there a painting over there i, I like to move between things all the time yeah think from a kind of consistent output i have to be inconsistent in the number of things i'm working yeah, on right yeah yeah exactly um hence the stuff on the floor so, <laughs> yeah. and there's photocopies and even that paint's changed color since we've been here I yeah really yeah i've that. noticed because yeah. the ground is quite biscuity kind of gesso um back to cooking i guess <laughs> the right kind of surface <laughs> yeah <laughs> um which kind of leads quite nicely into what i wanted to ask you as well of what's What's next for you with the work? Or <laughs> well, have you got anything coming up? Or? Uh, not at the minute. Uh, I mean, the London show is on uh, until the middle of October. So I suppose that's another answer to the earlier question that once the show's up, you want people to see it. Mm. So there's a degree of like telling people you know it's on, you know, and those people might be people you've worked with. There might be slightly more industry people to, to go down that road. Yeah. So it's a bit like... I've put this effort in. It's in London. You're in London. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get together. Please, please come see it. But not, but not but <laughs> kind of, but not like, more, again, back to people you might trust, the people you might yeah. have worked with, but you've stayed on friendly terms. I think mm. anything like that should be sincere. Like, you could bombard every gallery in the whole world with the best painting, but if you don't approach, if you don't make the right approach, mm. um, you know, as I say, they're talking ideal situations where someone who might have some degree of interest comes along mm. and that sparks another show. That's probably the best thing could yeah, hope right. to happen off the back of these shows is someone's seen it, which brings you into a conversation with, needn't be a, needn't be a gallery, it could mm. be a curator, it could be, I don't know, someone in a completely different field, literature, whoever. But yeah. I think extending the conversation, I think, is something that isn't really not really said at art schools like you are brought together but they doesn't really tell you you need each other like yeah. the person to your left <laughs> yeah. because you need them in your life like you need mm. a core group of people and you need to be open to all the other people mm. that you'll come across so I think I suppose for artists who essentially make things in, or painters who make things in private this show is a public face so you might as well embrace is there for all to see mm. get all to see it yeah and hopefully something comes from yeah. it yeah yeah but in terms of what's next, I mean, nothing, nothing show-wise. I mean, on the you, you can be forgiven for saying not much. I mean, well, there might be shows. something, but it's not been confirmed. It's like oh, a okay. rumor. So <laughs> maybe another show, but, <laughs> yeah. but but not. But maybe. 
<laughs> so I think it's time to ask you the final two questions if you're ready go for it <laughs> um, so the first question is if you could swap seats with me and visit any artist's studio living or dead mm. hmm. who would you visit and what would you what might you ask them well, that's such a bomb isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> The reactions to the to this question have been vast. But do you want a kind of explosive reaction or the kind of... Uh, Either. If only I had whatever. Could reach the 20th century book of art. <laughs> you can have a, yeah, can have a, have a breeze through. Oh. Or maybe to make it a little bit easier in terms of where the, work, where the work's at now. No, I'd like then. to answer you, but I think, I suppose, someone dead, you can entertain the romance that they'll be the most fascinating person you'd ever know. True. Like, I wonder what Marsden Hartley's studio was like. Yeah. But he might have been, you could, maybe couldn't look you in the eye and you'd have no conversation. Yeah. So I'd like the idea, but I don't think the reality would, would match up somehow if it was Marsden Hartley mm. or... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult because, mm. like, what's your favourite band? Yeah. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> uh, no, maybe, maybe Marsden Hartley... Um, It'd be funny to see Julian Schnabel's studio for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, yeah. Also, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just wouldn't want to go and see anyone. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to. But if I was you, um, <laughs> well, if I was you, I'd be like, "Quick, Jasper Johns. He's going to die soon. Hurry up!" <laughs> well, there's not really anyone left, is there? No. Rosenquist, Rauschenberg, Bob Law would be quite good to talk to, but I think he'd probably be a real so <laughs> could be interesting so again it's like I think that if someone's dead you can really like romance the idea of like they're you know working in the country da, 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 da. Yeah, but I think true. it might be much less convivial so to answer and answer your question all of those names great okay that's fine that's fine it's <laughs> as good an answer as any it's really not fine but okay. <laughs> it's fine it's a good answer you could put a call out <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and the last question is a little bit easier um, has there been a a piece of advice someone's given you or yeah or just something in general that someone's said um, in terms of your artwork maybe um, that has kind of stuck with you and has yeah has carried through I want to say yes, but I can't remember. No, I have a terrible <laughs> short-term memory. Um, I think often, to broaden out, I'm often like surprised at how complimentary people are for different reasons. Mm. So I think, again, I can't go into specifics, but it feels like certain... Touch colour, actually. Colour comes up quite a lot from lots of different people. Like, oh, you have an innate colour sensibility or mm. things that don't. That sounds kind of pompous, but things that I don't recognise, like that's just how I paint. Mm. So I think it, I from again from people who who are sculptors people who are painters people so people from different walks have kind of come back to color actually which i think essentially for painting is probably quite important <laughs> yeah. um it might not be in the forefront of my mind every time i'm making mm. but I, I do find it quite kind of boosting that, that okay like i kind of have got a handle on this and people mm. are recognizing it so mm. there's not been one kind of grandfatherly person yeah 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 i mean and that the works are different as well actually to come back to something someone did say um, 
that they all look different, which I quite pleases me. Yeah. Because again, they're not set out to be like that, but then I couldn't be consistent to appease that. So I quite like that they're they're divisive. Again, back to the mm. thing about the London show, people are lighting on maybe one or two, but not the whole group. Um, so yeah, they're different, and the colour is quite good. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. Um, and I, I, I should ask, although we have been talking about all the shows, um, if you've got anything to plug, but maybe you could mention where the shows are and when yeah, they're, when they're closing. The show in Bath has finished today on the twenty fifth of September, twenty nineteen, <laughs> was at the Roper Gallery at Bath Artist Studios. Uh, the show in Munich, which is called Dark Lantern, is on at Sabine Kunst. Uh, and the show in London is at Palfrey, and that's Granite and Rainbow, and that's on until 12th of October 2019. So on, on during freeze. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a proper radio plug. <laughs> of course, this will come out afterwards, and it'll, <laughs> it'll Hope, be dated. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I can't. But I think it's important to put the date. That's the other thing you're not told. Yeah. Put dates on your posters. Because... When was the 25th of September? Yeah. What year? <laughs> Mark time. Because <laughs> he'll be dead and then someone needs to check on it. <laughs> or you'll forget and you need to remember. <laughs> when a situation like this comes up and I'm not prepped. Because I can't quite reach the 20th century heart. <laughs> we'll do a footnote. Can you put yeah. footnotes? <laughs> yeah, I can put footnotes. For a reading list. I can put, I can yeah, put footnotes. Like in our time. Yeah. I a can reading put, list is available. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you, yeah, I can put whatever you like in, we, the, in, the notes, in the notes bit. Yeah, there's things I didn't answer well. <laughs> I can keep that in there. <laughs> well, well, cheers, Dan. No, thanks, Dave. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So thank you very much for listening to us all the way through. Please find more information about what was discussed on the podcast in the notes section. And if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes, then please subscribe to the podcast. And also follow our Instagram, which we regularly update with posts about each guest and all goings on with the podcast. Also, if you can spare a moment, please leave us a lovely review and that would help us out a lot. As well as that, if you have any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us, then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms or send us over an email. All of our details are again in the notes section of each podcast. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.